Welcome to the Small Hours Podcast, episode one. This is the kickoff, so you know there's going to be bumps, you know there's going to be scrapes and bruises, but it finally exists. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget you can find us right now at thesmallhours.podbean.com, so feel free to tell your friends about it. Let's kick it off. Welcome to the Small Hours. My name is Al Guevara. Thank you very much for joining us on our inaugural podcast for this particular show. The show has existed previously. For those of you uh, that are not familiar with the Small Hours, the Small Hours uh, started as an AM show on uh, AM 1490 in uh, Texas. And uh, we ran that show for a few years. It's called Small Hours because it was the first two hours of the uh, day. Uh, we started at midnight and we ended at 2 a.m., hence the Small Hours. Uh, after doing that for a few months, a couple years actually, took a break, came back, and now it's been a break of many, many years after that. So we are returning in podcast form. I'm your host, Al Guevara, and uh, hopefully we should be doing this uh, on a regular basis, and uh, hopefully it won't be me alone all the time. I already have some special guests lined up for future episodes, so that's something to look forward to. Right now, we're going to kick it off with some entertainment news for this week. Going into Labor Day weekend 2015, actor Idris Elba is an upbeat take on his whole brouhaha over whether he has the bearing to play James Bond. His quote, always keep smiling. It takes no energy and never hurts. Then he added, learn that from the street. Of course, just past Tuesday, he uploaded a screen grab of the article in which Anthony Horowitz, the author of the new James Bond novel Trigger Mortis, apologized for having described Elba as being, quote, too street to play the famous British spy on screen. Elba had made no official comment on the matter aside from the upbeat text posted on Instagram. He's long been considered one of the top candidates to succeed Daniel Craig, the current James Bond, as the new 007. In the controversial interview, Horowitz said that he preferred another black actor, Adrian Lester, of the BBC series Hustle, to play the new Bond. After significant backlash, Horowitz apologized for his comments, saying the two-street comment was clumsy and a poor choice of words. Elba is currently filming the new Star Trek sequel, Star Trek Beyond. That's news from people.com. Off of the rap.com, Paramount Pictures will release Jack Reacher Part 2 coming up in October of 2016, the studio announced Wednesday. The film stars Tom Cruise in the title role, reprising his role as the former military cop who wanders the country righting wrongs. Colby Smulders has been in talks to play the female lead in the sequel. Ed Zwick is set to direct from a script by Richard Wank that Zwick recently rewrote with longtime collaborator Marshall Herkovitz. Christopher McQuarrie directed the first Jack Reacher movie, which grossed $218 million worldwide. The sequel will be based on author Lee Child's Never Go Back, in which Reacher travels to the headquarters of the U.S. Army Military Police Corps and finds his former commanding officer has been arrested. Off of thinkprogress.org, Sony Pictures has agreed to pay an undisclosed amount to former workers who sued the company after their personal data was compromised in the infamous hack linked to the company's release of North Korean-based comedy The Interview, which was last year. Details on the agreement are scarce, but the nine employees who sued have until October 19th to review and submit preliminary approval of the settlement. To Sony's displeasure, nearly 50,000 employees are seeking representation in the lawsuit and class certification. The United States District Court, Central District of California, will be hearing arguments whether the case deserves class action status on September 14th, according to Deadline Hollywood, which broke the story. The potential settlement comes 10 months after Sony servers were breached by supposedly, uh, allegedly, I think, North Korea-linked state actors in retaliation to the studio's impending release of the interview, which starred actors Seth Rogen and James Franco. The film featured North Korean leader Kim Jong-un's assassination. The hackers penned terror threats against the U.S. 
to movie theaters that showed the film and also leaked internal emails detailing movies in the works, scripts, actors' wages, and so much more. The hacked emails came to light in September. I also suggested Sony altered the upcoming concussion film on uh, brain trauma in the NFL starring Will Smith to paint a more forgiving portrait of the league's treatment of the players' health issues. Lawsuits against Sony regarding the breach were filed almost immediately after the November hack and sparked a nationwide debate on cybersecurity and whether the U.S. should launch a national or military response when sensitive information is compromised, such as in the case of the massive Office of Personal Management breach announced back in July. The Obama administration is currently looking into economic sanctions against China, which was linked to the theft of millions of federal background records. The White House floated legislation in the uh, Cybersecurity Information Sharing Act, which Congress passed on to reinforce uh, U.S. reinforce rather U.S. cybersecurity defenses through federal and corporate information sharing. Privacy groups, of course, rallied against the bill because of the potential for government surveillance successfully stalling a Senate vote until after Labor Day, which is this uh, coming Monday. The one good thing, really, that uh, I think came out of the whole Sony hack was what happened with Spider-Man. Remember, the Spider-Man character was owned by Sony. That's why it never came out in any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Well, now, since Sony back in Japan got hold, got wind of what was going on with Sony US and all this deals with, with Spider-Man, now Spider-Man is open to appear in the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, which is very important for the upcoming Captain America Civil War 1 and 2 and the following Avengers movie as well. So at least we got that out of the deal. They can keep Fantastic Four. That's not uh, working very well. Out of variety, DreamWorks will not be renewing its current distribution deal with the Walt Disney Company. The Disney deal dates back to 2009, but since then, Disney has acquired both Marvel and Lucasfilm, so it's underlining its focus on branded, larger films. Disney will be releasing two more DreamWorks films, both directed by Steven Spielberg, before the deal expires. The first one's with Tom Hanks. Uh, It's a Cold War thriller called Bridge of Spies. That's coming up on October 16th. And the BFG on July 1st. That's a co-production with Disney that will be Spielberg's first Disney-branded film. Sources also indicate that DreamWorks is most likely to wind up with a distribution deal at Universal, which, uh, while emphasizing that no agreement has been reached as of yet, but they noted that Spielberg has kept his offices on the lot. He was, of course, involved in the smash hit Jurassic World. Universal, Disney, and DreamWorks declined to comment, of course, with the Disney deal expiration coming in less than a year. I guess it's next next August. Uh, DreamWorks execs have uh, been in exploratory talks with other studios. Uh, Spielberg has committed to directing a movie for Warner Brothers uh, set to release in 2017, and Disney's focusing on big animated offerings, comic book adventures, and of course the Star Wars spinoffs, the kinds of adult-oriented pictures that DreamWorks was doing recently, like The Help and Lincoln often seemed like an awkward fit. DreamWorks' current slate includes Ghost in the Shell, which is a great anime movie, the live-action one starring Scarlett Johansson that's set to release in March 2017 with Paramount handling the international markets. For your readers out there off of ScreenRant.com, Artemis Fowl, the fictional boy genius who spawned eight best-selling books by Ian Colfer, is finally getting his own movie. The fans of the books first heard the series would hit the big screen, big screen back in 2001, shortly after the first novel was released. Well, guess what? 14 years have passed. They were first sold to Miramax Films before Disney got hold of the rights for a while. Development of the movie appeared to have been effectively halted when writer-director Jim Sheridan left the project. However, after Disney got involved, along with Robert De Niro and somebody else as executive producers, they appear to have found a new director for the project in Kenneth Branagh. Branagh, of course, just recently earned over $500 million for Disney with Cinderella, the live-action one. He also filmed Thor, 
His next project is said to be an adaptation of the classic mystery by Agatha Christie, Murder on the Orient Express. That ought to be a lot of fun. So we'll see what happens with that. Artemis Fowl, of course, follows the Irish 12-year-old boy genius millionaire and criminal mastermind as he attempts to extort gold from the fairy people. It's a very inventive and entertaining story. I've read, I think, maybe four of the books. So we should be looking to an interesting movie. Maybe it'll be a little more successful than the series of Unfortunate Events movie with Jim Carrey that uh, came out a couple of years back, which now I believe is going to be turning into a television series on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. I have to look that one up. Now, sorry, from Deadline.com, Vin Diesel talking on social media. The action star is uh, who has 95 million Facebook likes, a little bit more than I do, announced via Instagram that he's doing a third installment of the XXX franchise Filming set to start before year's end. This would be his return to the franchise since 2002's original Triple X. He starred as an extreme sports athlete who was blackmailed into becoming a government operative, Xander Cage. He sat on the second uh, second one called Triple X State of the Union, made in 2005. That one starred Ice Cube, so that was a... A little differently. Now, apparently, Diesel is poised to return. The first one made $142 million domestic on the heels of the original Fast and Furious. A little different, of course. Diesel is uh, running hot again with Furious 7, becoming the fifth biggest movie of all time worldwide. And, of course, he also played Groot, or at least voiced Groot on Guardians of the Galaxy. Diesel says filming is slated to begin on the movie in December in the Philippines. Stay tuned. I don't know if you caught this story. This one also from TheRap.com. Kate Blanchett is attached to star in the authorized biopic of Lucille Ball. Uh, Aaron Sorkin is set to write for uh, Escape Artists. The film will be chronicling her marriage to Desi Arnaz for 20 years, with whom she starred on the classic TV sitcom I Love Lucy. They had two children with uh, together before they divorced in 1960. We'll see. Kate Blanchett, great uh, actress. How will she handle the comedy? We'll find out. So be on the lookout for that. I don't have the title yet, but at least uh, that's the initial report we see coming out from Hollywood. In the upcoming sci-fi movie, The Fifth Wave, Chloe Grace Moretz, of course, hit girl from Kick-Ass, uh, plays a heroic 16-year-old trying to fend off invading alien forces in a near post-apocalyptic world. This is from People.com. She al- she's also playing a character that should be familiar to f- fans of young adult books. The movie The Fifth Wave is based on the first of a popular trilogy by author Rick Yancey. And yes, uh, all young adult series apparently adapting into films have to come in trilogy form now. The original novel was followed by The Infinite Sea in 2014. The final sequel, The Last Star, is expected to be released in 2016, just in time, I guess, for maybe the second movie, or right before the second movie comes out, if the first one is successful. Because we've seen other series that try to launch uh, with their first book, uh, like The Golden Compass, and that didn't go anywhere, so they dropped plans for the sequel, at least. I haven't heard anything new on that one. Moving uh, on to movies opening up this weekend, you've probably seen commercials for it, but I also saw terrible ratings on RottenTomatoes.com. The Transporter Refueled in the south of France. Former Special Ops mercenary Frank Martin enters into a game of chess with a femme fatale and her three sidekicks. Are they ninjas who are looking for revenge against a sinister Russian kingpin? What's the buzz on this one? Well, considering uh, Hitman Agent 47's abysmal box office performance, it doesn't bode well for this uh, action movie reboot. He he kind of has a similarity to Jason Statham, who's obviously moved on to bigger and better things, and the storyline's woman power might help bring in a new audience, but we'll see what happens. The uh, star is Ed Screen, and also starring Ray Stevenson, former Punisher, playing Frank Sr. 2. Is he only playing roles that name him Frank? Ray, I need to talk to your agent. 
Also opening up this weekend, A Walk in the Woods with Robert Redford, Nick Nolte, Emma Thompson, and Mary Steenburgen. Steenburgen, yeah. After spending two decades in England, Bill Bryson returns to the U.S. where he decides the best way to connect with his homeland is to hike the Appalachian Trail with one of his oldest friends. What's a buzz on this one? Well, the broad comedy feels like it could have been made any time between the mid-1980s and today. This sort of zero-surprises storytelling really either works for you or doesn't, so it's probably going to have a very specific audience. And last but not least, a, a movie that was actually made in 2014, Before We Go. It stars Chris Evan, who also directed it, along with Alice, Eve, and others. Two strangers stuck in Manhattan for the night grow into each other's most trusted confidants when an evening of unexpected adventure forces them to confront their fears and take control of their lives. Chris Evans' directorial debut has done well on Video On Demand already, so the theatrical release really is kind of a bonus for him and the studio. Perhaps he'll find time between his Captain America and Avengers duties for a second movie if this one, uh, well, like I said, it's already doing well on Video On Demand, but if it even gets more buzz, maybe he'll find his uh, post-Captain America career as director burgeoning. So good luck to Chris Evans. couple stories before we wrap it up. Uh, moving on into um, music news. Here we go. This is kind of sad when I when I heard this uh, news because we've seen him around for so long. It's he's one of those guys that you think he's going to be around forever. Kind of like I felt about uh, Ronnie James Dio. You know, it seems now Motorhead's Lemmy Kilminster is is having some health issues. It was reported recently that he had to stop the uh, Motorhead gig in Austin because, like, literally, he had started his third song and he kind of like stopped and just said, "I can't do it," and walked off stage. Lemmy is suffering from altitude sickness from the band's show a few days ago in Salt Lake City which also caused the band to cancel their Denver gig last Friday. As a matter of fact, after the revelation that Motorhead stopped the show, the band posted the following statement. As you might have heard, Motorhead again had to abbreviate a performance due to Lemmy not feeling well. This is a direct follow-on from the altitude issues in Colorado, and clearly Lemmy tried to get back at it too quickly. For this reason, Motorhead also didn't play in San Antonio, but the show went on with Zaxxon headlining. Lemmy will be resuming duties at the moment he's properly rested and firing on all cylinders again. More details will be released soon. I'm sure the band and the crew rely heavily on touring for their income and uh, Lemmy doesn't want to let people down but he's got to get some rest. He can't be on the road for much longer. He's uh, If you've seen pictures of him, late, him lately, he seems a lot thinner, um, I guess a lot more frail and I think we're, his health is maybe finally catching up to him and we just wish him the best. The next scheduled gig is uh, actually tonight in uh, Dallas and I, I don't know if that's going to happen. With about three weeks of touring left to go, the full routing can be seen uh, online, of course. Motorhead also have motorboat cruise in a few weeks. Hopefully, he'll be very healthy for that one. That's news uh, from MetalInjection.net. Let's end it on a on a light note. I'm not a big fan of these two, but I was I don't know, not shocked. It, it, I just wasn't expecting it. Expecting it, I guess. Uh, Avril Lavigne and Chad Kroger they uh, they finally split up after two years of marriage. They announced a breakup just this Wednesday via Instagram. Classy. It is with heavy hearts that Chad and I announce our separation today. They're 10 years apart. Levine's 30. He contributed to her album, Here's to Never Growing Up. Is that the one that had that Hello Kitty song? They dated for a month before getting engaged in August 2012. They married on July 1st, 2013 in a gothic-themed wedding held in a medieval French castle. She, of course, wore black. 
The rumors of a rocky marriage have plagued the couple since their first anniversary, just weeks after Kroger gave Levine a 17-carat emerald-cut diamond ring, which she showcased on social media. The split news comes on the heels of medical concerns for each of them, as a matter of fact. In April, Avril disclosed her struggle with Lyme disease. Earlier this month, Nickelback had to cancel the remainder of its 2015 tour after uh, Chad Kroger, of course, their lead singer, had a cyst removed from his vocal cords. It's unclear if the couple will be divorcing, though it would be the second for Levine, who was wed to Sum 41's Derek Wilby Wibley for more than three years before they split in October of 2009. Incidentally, her ex, Derek, just recently got married in Los Angeles this last Sunday, so congratulations to Derek. Sorry to Avril and Chad. So that'll do it for the first episode of the Small Hours Podcast. It's going to take some refining. I haven't been doing this for years, and I'm doing it alone, so it's a totally different vibe. But if you enjoyed it, feel free to drop me a line, email at gmail.com. And we hope to be doing this on a regular basis. I'm going to try and do it every single week. Tell your friends about it. Share it online as well. I'd appreciate it. This has been the Small Hours Podcast. My name's Al Guevara, and I'll catch you next time.